0: That was um, a song from one of my favorite plays in the whole world, The Fantastics. It's a song that's been covered by a lot of people, so you hear it on easy listening and jazz stations a lot. But the words are so beautiful. They're about remembering a time when things were different from how they are right now. Remember when life was hard and then reflect upon the ease that you have today or remember when life was easy And allow that to inform you today when things seem hard Remember that you weren't always as jaded as you are now and that it is possible to approach life from your innocence and remember Remember That without a hurt the heart is hollow. What a beautiful phrase. Um, Until we experience the fullness of life, and that includes all of the joys, all of the hurts, all of the pains, all of the uncertainty, all of the boredom, all of the tedium, all of the excitement, all of it. Until we are willing to experience all of it, then we can experience none of it fully. Because when we cut ourselves off from our pain, we cut ourselves off from our joy as well. It's just the way it is. So on this Memorial Day, I, um, I called this talk honoring the pain of the past, and obviously we are honoring those who have given their life in service to country, but we all have this amazing tool called memory that we can use in our daily lives to help us, to help us to more skillfully deal with life as it comes at us now. So yes, we remember the sacrifices made by others and we honor that commitment of life. We honor the loss of life. Personally, when I think of knowingly going out and saying, I will most likely be killed today and yet I'm going to do what's mine to do anyway, it overwhelms me. It overwhelms me. And um, I grew up in a military family. My dad um, retired a colonel in the army, and I picked up and moved every year or two my whole life. And um, all of our friends were those people. And I noticed in many of them that um, in order to keep themselves from truly experiencing the terror that was part of theirs, they often held themselves off from the joy that was also theirs. That was my experience of my dad and his friends to a large extent. And it's important to remember, and it's important to remember that even the people who come back from war do not come back with the same lives that they left with. My father did not die in war, except his health died in war. His Alcoholism began immediately after war. His joy, some of it, died in war. For many people, their sanity dies in war. Relationships die in war or they're so totally changed that they'll never be the same again. These are hard, hard truths. And so it's important to me to honor not just the people who died, but the people who lost parts of themselves by putting themselves in that position. And it's important to remember because if we forget, that's really how we do it again. You know, the old joke says that the reason a woman who has been through a 40-something-hour labor and great pain and given birth to this beautiful, beautiful thing that they're going to love the rest of their lives, the only reason they can have another one of those beautiful things is that they forget how bad the pain was. (laughs) And um, y'all notice I only have one child. (laughs) But we do forget, we allow ourselves to forget and sometimes that's a tool we can use. We can say, you know, we can do a little Scarlett O'Hara. I'm not gonna think about that now. I'm gonna think about it tomorrow because right now I got stuff to get done, but it is dangerous to make it tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and for our memories to never come back today. And uh, one of the places that I lived um, for five years altogether, two years one time and three years another was in Germany, in West Germany as a child. And one of the things I appreciate about that country to this day is they did not say, no, that's stuff happened. They are teaching it in their schools because they understand how it happened, at least a little bit. And they definitely understand that it can never happen again, not on their watch That's what I hear from German officials, from German teachers, from people who are um, continually um, manning the museums of the concentration camps and teaching the classes and taking the films of the survivors who share their experiences for future generations. I appreciate that deeply. And our country is not doing that. We're trying to say mm, this stuff didn't really happen or it's not really relevant anymore because it's so far in the past, so let's just not talk about it. And we are, um, as human beings, doomed to repeat our mistakes if we do not remember them. And so, regardless of what the policy of the country is, it doesn't matter, we all have individual choice. And so we get to remember. We get to bring that memory to bear on the decisions we make today, on the attitudes that we hold today. And if we truly remember war, if we remember all the pain of it, if we remember all the loss, if we remember it so well that it is alive in us, then it is much harder for war to ever happen again. And that's what um, you may have read, oh, it's not, it's gonna be in next month's newsletter um, that uh, Len Ellis sent me a letter about the origins of Mother's Day, which was that a bunch of mothers got together during World War I and said, no, 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 if the mothers ran the world, our sons would not be going off to be shot at and shoot at others. And so it's that remembering, it's that remembering. And so we honor the warriors without honoring the war. You get that? I have a deep honor for the people who have put their lives at stake while having no honor for the reasons that we make up in order to harm one another. And so our priority in life can be, as individuals, as groups that we belong to, we can bring this recognition that not only are, do we not support war, but we will not carry with us warlike attitudes into our workplaces, into our homes, into the streets. Guess what that means? When you're in Dallas traffic, right? Somebody cut you off. I I do this all the time. I find myself going, blessed child of God. (laughs) I'm not always good at reminding myself. But just by saying the words, I remember, oh, yeah, this is a human being just like me. And they have their place that they need to go. And I don't know what their reasons are. Um, Bishop Desmond Tutu says one of the things, that a practice that he did in, uh, in traffic was to assume that everybody was on the way to the hospital to take care of a sick child. Imagine if everybody that cut you off in traffic, you thought, oh, whew, thank you, go, go. I know you have important things to do, rather than, I guess you're the most important thing in the world. Doesn't matter where I need to go. Right? Just that little change, what could that do for your mind? What would that do for your drive? What would that do for wherever your destination is after you get there after the drive? The attitude that you walk in with. This is how war ends, not by forcing governments to end war, but by refusing as individuals to harbor warlike attitudes anywhere at all. And that's hard. And we'll never do it perfectly. But we're not asked to be perfect. We're asked to allow this love of God that is within all of us to sit in the front seat, to not sit in the passenger seat while we drive, but to sit in the driver's seat while ego is the passenger. That's what we're asked to do. And More than this sort of macrocosm of the military and world war, there is an importance for each of us in remembering the difficulties of our lives. You've heard me talk about forgiveness before, and I'm a very strong proponent of not forgive and forget. Forget means you might find yourself in that situation again. Forgive means I remember what happened, and I honor myself for having survived it, and I'm free. I'm not holding on to anyone's ropes that tether me. I am not putting myself up on a hook. I am not jailing another without realizing that, as the jailer, I have to be there just as much as the person in jail. And actually, really holding grudges is more like you lock yourself up in a cell and they have the whole world to roam in. (laughs) Because they don't even know that you're holding the grudge. It's only you that you keep, that you hold captive. And so we don't forget, but we let go. You know the difference? We don't forget that it happened, but we reframe it in our minds. That is something that happened. It was terrible perhaps. And I stand here today having learned from that. I stand here today a stronger person having survived that. I stand here today with a very clear mind about what I will not let happen in my life, in my family, in my work, whatever that is whatever that is. So our memories can work for us in that way, even remembering the stuff that isn't fun. I would say perhaps especially remembering the stuff that isn't fun. Because in my experience, if you try to jump the gun in new thought and go straight to the positive attitude, everybody's good, it's all good, I'm great, I'm great, are you great, we're all great, isn't that great? then what happens is what's in here that has not been acknowledged festers and makes us sicker and sicker from the inside out. And so we say, it is great. It's great that I have God, that I have unconditional eternal love to walk me through all of this distasteful, difficult, painful stuff in my life so that I can emerge from the other side, having let go of all my fetters, knowing that I went through it, but it no longer has a hold on me. That is the proper use of memory. Before you can forgive who you're angry at, you first have to admit you're angry. And I'll tell you, for years, I didn't even know I was angry. I was such a goody-two-shoes. I was so dedicated to being the little girl that I believed that Jesus wanted me to be and the grown-up girl that I believed that Jesus wanted me to be that I never got angry at anyone. I got my feelings hurt a lot. (laughs) And imagine when someone finally went, well, how about we talk about those memories of how you got your feelings hurt? And then I went, "Whoa!" There was this huge roar of anger, the anger that I had been pretending I didn't have. And that was controlling me from the back room was the wizard behind the curtain pushing the buttons, pulling the levers. And so once I was able to to admit that anger, then I was able to move through it and out the other side and see and appreciate the gifts I got. And if I couldn't find a gift in what happened, I could at least say, not doing that again. (laughs) And maybe that is the gift. And the beauty is that our memories work for good as well. Um, Bob and I were just on a tour of Scotland a few weeks ago, and it was a musical tour, so we had all these um, Scottish musicians that came and played for us um, traditional music and folk music. And one particular folk um, singer had been a traveler, what in America we would not very kindly call gypsies. But it's a whole culture, the travelers. And he grew up, he was from generations of travelers, and he sang the traveler songs taught to him by his mother, which she learned from her mother, and so on and so on. And even as he was singing for us, every once in a while he would say, oh yeah, that was a good memory. That was a good memory. That's something to spend time on. How often do you do that? That was a good memory because when you remember something you get to revisit it and you get to feel about it however you feel about it and if it was a good memory why wouldn't you why wouldn't you every once in a while when you have a little bit of quiet time just say what if i were just to have a memory now about something about some time in my life when i felt deep joy What I notice for me, when I allow myself to do that, is that often that deep joy is connected to some deep pain. One of my favorite things to do in our household, and all of us do it, is we lost a very good friend at a very young age, and it was painful, and it was horrible, and none of us could make any sense of it. And I still haven't made any sense of it, y'all. Don't know why it happened. But we keep his name alive in our household. We say, oh, if Jerry was here, here's what he would say or remember that time, Jerry, whatever. And that appreciation of bringing him into the conversation, into the room with us, is very closely tied to that pain of having lost him. And I would venture to say that one cannot exist without the other. And so, um, I guess that's the major part of the lesson today, is that memory is a tool. And like any other tool, you can use it in destructive ways, or you can use it in positive ways, in constructive ways, in building a new life from your memory. And too often in psychotherapy in America, people Dig down and find the reasons. Oh, this is the reason I act this way. Oh, I'm a child of an alcoholic brought up in a fundamentalist religion and was told by a person who was drinking himself to death that I was going to hell for doing certain things. And, oh, it was all very confusing. It was all terrible. That's why I'm such a jerk. (laughs) And we can stop there. We can stop there if we want to. That's why I'm so controlling in my relationships. (laughs) That's why I'm always telling people what to do. That's why I protect myself in certain situations. And when I say protect, I mean attack. (laughs) Or I can go, oh, I see those origins. What can I do now? When I see that, when I feel it coming on, when I remember it, when I begin to see myself act in ways that are old ways and not the new way and not the way that I want to be today, then I can stop and I can use my memory as a constructive tool. And that's all I'm saying today. And so I would ask, what happened to you? What joys happened to you? Spend some time with them. Feel them. Allow them to inform your heart today. What disappointments happened? Feel it. Allow it to inform you of how you want to live your life today. What pain happened If you haven't spent time in it already, maybe spend a little time with it. You can't skip over grief. It's just waiting around every corner to bite you on the rear end. And so, might as well feel it openly and freely. And then the joy starts to get attached to the grief. My mother's been dead for a little over two years, and I am more and more every day remembering, because when she died, I, could, I couldn't remember much besides the last nine years of dementia and the difficulties. But the more time goes by, the more the, the memories of who the mother was that I had until the last nine years before her death, the mother that I could tell anything to, the mother that I could come to, And it's not either or, it's both and, it's both and. It's both and, and it's always our choice. So airing it, sharing it gives us relief and allows us a fuller, kinder, more balanced way of seeing the world. The world is not perfect, nor is it all bad. It is somewhere in the middle, and we get to hold all of that. And experience every joy that it has for us. And in remembering, we can remember with loyalty to ourselves. Okay, that's what my dad did. I can let go of that because I can see now. I couldn't see then. I was a child. Now I can see the horrible pain that he was in after two tours of Vietnam, after um, 18 crash landings in his helicopter, after seeing horrors that are indescribable after being raised by his mother. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can see that, and I have no grudges against my dad. I see clearly, and now I can claim the good stuff too. And I can also say, yeah, I lived through that. It was hard, it was bad, and boy, am I strong now. I'm a very strong person. And so I get to have that loyalty to myself as I remember, as I hold those memories. Yes, I can release you, but my loyalty is not to you. My loyalty is who am I in this story? How can I comfort that hurt person that was then and allow her to know that we don't live like that anymore? We don't have to live under that anymore because I'm big now and I get to choose. And I do. I do choose. I do choose. And so we just use our curiosity. We use our curiosity. What was and if what should have been floods the what was, then allow that should have been to not torture you about what happened then, but to inform you about what you would like to happen now. Even that contrast is your teacher. And the perspective that we gain when we stand here in our strength and experience memories, that perspective, that actual perspective is the marker of our overcoming. And that's who we are. We are overcomers. We are people who didn't stop in the pain but kept going until we found the light. And now when we revisit pain, it's always, it can always be with the light shining bright upon it and the love that we are now informing it. Happy Memorial Day. May you explore some memories and find strength from them. Thank you. So we're just going to take that into meditation for a moment so if you will just allow yourself to be completely present where you are right now knowing that in this space nothing is asked of you but to be present to the unconditional love that is God, that is divine presence, that is higher power, that is whatever name you choose to call it. El Shaddai, Allah, Jehovah, Krishna, Brahman. Names are immaterial. Substance. Is material so I invite you to allow that substance of God that very substance of love to flood your being in this moment breathe it in if you feel resistance physically breathe in as deeply as you can picturing that that love is flowing into your body and as you breathe out Know that even on the out-breath, that love is flowing to every cell in your body. And that our spiritual bodies in this moment are full of that love. Not just full of that love, but made of that love. Say to yourself, I am that love. I am that love. And if you feel resistance, that's okay. Keep breathing. And keep repeating to yourself, Yes, I am that love. I may not be able to understand it or believe it at this moment, but I declare it to be so. simply because I know that love is the greatest power in the world and that there is nothing in me that can hold it off for long. And so I surrender to that love. And in that space of love and safety and comfort where there is no expectation for you but that you sit in this chair and be present, Never comes up to come up. Maybe it's a memory. Maybe it's simply the feeling of safety and ease of being in this place with these people. Maybe it's a plan for what you want to happen later. Maybe it's a fear. maybe there's a memory in you that's saying yeah yeah easy for her to say but this is what i lived through whatever comes up whatever comes up just say this welcome Courage and just say, I wonder what you have come to teach me. You don't have to decide what that is or know what it is now, but just have that little opening of, I wonder, what have you come to teach me? that just by having this little opening you have allowed the light of god to shine on whatever it is your memory your plan your feeling your experience it doesn't matter god is here god is in it around it through it because god is in around and through you and you are safe and you are cherished and all is well whether you can believe that in this moment or not you have allowed some light to shine in and you can say thank you god and help me keep this window open (laughs) since you have the courage to ask the question, what does this have to teach me? That the answer will come to you. It may not be writ large on a tablet in the sky. It may be something as simple as stop right now. Don't do it. Or yes, 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 go, go, go. Or it's okay to cry. Say you love her. Tell her you love him. And when I say him or her, I mean you. Tell yourself that whatever happened and whatever will happen, you will not abandon. confidently do this because all God needs is our willingness, and that is our willingness. And so we say thank you. Thank you. Amen.